0: Visit trip surfervacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there.
1: Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win from Morris Home.
0: This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD, what we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together, as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD, or CBD distillate, tends to be more potent and lasts longer. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally hemp CBD distillate is baked in, so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon-lime, watermelon, and, get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So, if this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Create-A-Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally hemp's gummies can make in your life. That may be the worst damn thing I've ever eaten in my whole life. It was pretty, pretty garbage. <sighs> I've had, like, some very, like, stout German beers before, mm. but that one takes the cake. See, like, I don't know. There's some certain foods, right, where you're like, okay, I'm not a big fan of this, but like I can I can see, you know, what people like about it. Yeah, that tasted like motor oil. Like <laughs> it was so bad. Well, it was it it was not great. It, it was um, uh, it was like a very dry stout beer that you opened up and then you left out mm-hmm. on your. Like kitchen counter from the night before because and, and you, you never like, drank it. Put like a whole thing of beer <coughs> salt in it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can still taste it. I, I can too. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, welcome everybody to this week's episode of Headlock Talk. Uh, we are back. Oh snap! Oh snap! Indeed, and this is episode twenty. Woo! Woo! Sorry if that's loud. Goodness, the wave looks horrible. Oh, that, hey! Fix it in post. We'll fix it in post, ladies and gentlemen. Do we'll, we'll do it live! We'll do it live! Of course, uh, I'm the Texas Gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and to my right, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Vegemite sucks. <laughs> Vege- Vegemite does suck, and, and again, if, if the intro wasn't key enough, um, we uh, we made a promise to Josh Robinson uh uh, from Brainbuster Radio, uh, one of our colleagues, mm. he's from Australia. Yes. We told him that as a as a part of our promise to him uh, and, and, and to bond with the rest of Brainbuster Radio, that we would eat some Vegemite mm-hmm. live on air. Yeah, we had we had to go to World Market at at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it was it was brilliant. I never thought that Headlock Talk would bring us to World Market at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. It's interesting, right? Right. So we, we did it the traditional way with toast and butter. Yes. Um, we made a little sandwich for uh-huh. each of us, and we had uh, we had some Vegemite spread. So if that sounds appealing to you and you want to listen to our live take of eating Vegemite, don't forget to tune in on Tuesdays to Brain Buster Radio. Uh, you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere that you can download podcasts. So look up Brain Buster Radio. They're also on Twitter. Um, at BrainBuster Radio. We're also starting up the new BrainBuster Radio TV, BBR yes. for Twitch, uh, which will be coming out in the summer. And then for those who like to read, uh, which reading's important, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how to read. I'm, oh, hmm. no, you don't know how to read? No. no. What does your shirt say? <clears throat> I don't know. Come on, you can do this. I don't know. Just sound it out. Mustache. Okay, mustache, moon mustache, moon yep Okay. Yeah. You, you, hey, you, you did well, Stephen. Thanks. <laughs> I'll give Appreciate you. A, it. Here, have have some, have some tim tams as Ooh. as as, as, a, as a treat here. Uh, yes. So we <laughs> we bought some Vegemite. So please, again, check out Brainbuster Radio uh, while Steven enjoys this tim tam. Here, here. Hold on, let me let me see if the listeners can hear this. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a nice crunch right there. That's a good crunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out Brainbuster Radio. We're there every Tuesday, and you should just listen to Brainbuster Radio in general because it's a fantastic lineup of very talented podcasters. And if you like us, you'll definitely like what you hear on oh, yeah. Brainbuster Radio. A lot of great lads and ladies over there for sure. Hundred percent. Now that we've uh, uh, you know given our shameless plug, uh, man, Steven, what a week in wrestling yeah for better or worse like <laughs> like so many juxtaposing things here man like we have we have WWE going to Saudi Arabia and let's be honest <clears throat> for all intents and purposes probably put on the worst show the worst wrestling show uh, this year mm. yeah i could agree with that yeah <laughs> unfortunately <sighs> yeah that That was something, but I mean, it w- but with extreme lows comes extreme highs, yes, because let's true. let's be honest, New Japan killed it this week, hundred percent best of super Junior final show was a great show, and then you also have um uh, uh Dominion that was today, mm-. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was fantastic as well. Super killer. Yeah, pretty much every match that I watched there, you could argue five stars. Um, every match I watched, I gave at least four. Uh, mm-hmm. the, I, I know you wrote kicking ass and taking names. That is 100% true. <clears throat> you know, when, when you take a look at just the, the drastic, drastic difference of the end product of what was um, Best of Super Juniors in Dominion mm-hmm. compared to Super Showdown it's it's just night and day man it's crazy yeah i mean especially from an in ring point of view mm. i feel like if you're a if you're a lapsed fan from wwe if you're trying to find something new something different to get into uh you can't go wrong with getting into some new japan absolutely uh, i mean the in ring action's great the storytelling's great I mean, it, it has everything that you want in a really good promotion, hmm. uh, and there was a big reasons to why WWE was, you know, even a little bit worried when New Japan was starting to gain traction on Access TV here at stateside. So, hey, they should be. They should they should be. be worried. Well, let's um, uh, let's get the bad news out of the way first, right? Yeah. Let's let's talk about Super Showdown, and I I mean, I just kind of want to get your general thoughts about not just the show, but the whole just general situation about it right yeah yeah i mean I, I know we've talked about this a little bit before on the show and i really just this isn't a show about politics i, I don't want to go too far into it right um but just everything around the the setup and development of this pay-per-view uh i just completely from from a moral standpoint don't stand behind mm. um you know be being uh in bed with or supporting a, of a government like Saudi Arabia, you, even if you, I don't know if you consider you know putting a show on in their country to be necessarily supporting of it, but I do. Mm. And uh, they—they're well, definitely profiting from it. I mean, they're absolutely profiting from I it. Um, I've heard a lot of people on Twitter calling it uh, you know blood money, uh, mm. and that that's a very. <laughs> it's a very heavy phrase, uh, but unfortunately one that I don't necessarily disagree with. Right. So, Well, and from a show perspective, I mean, this thing was all over the place, right? Yeah. So you have, um, and and really let's be honest, if you haven't watched Super Showdown, I mean, pause this part of the episode and you can always tune back into us later, right? Uh, but um you know uh, basically the show kicked off with Seth Rollins defending the title uh against Baron Corbin well technically not i mean the pre-show actually kicked everything off with um the usos versus the revival and uh what was a i mean it was a a decent enough tag match right yeah. i mean the <clears throat> usos are good revival's good yeah you know they had a heck of a match a couple weeks ago on raw mm Um, which was nice. Um, But, you know, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin, I mean, we got exactly what you would think out of a Baron Corbin-Seth Rollins match here. Right. Um, Which is not much. And then Brock uh, attempted to finally cash in his money in the bank, uh, but was... still salty over that. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. He was stopped by Seth Rollins, who attacked Brock with a chair and, you know... Repeat repeatedly told him, you know, cash in, cash in, mm-hmm. you know, I challenge you. And Brock rolled out of the ring and, you know, took his money in the, bait, in the yeah. bank briefcase with and, him. And I mentioned this to you earlier. How much do you think WWE <laughs> paid Brock Lesnar just to walk out, do nothing, and walk back? So much. Yeah. They probably paid him, again, probably more than anybody else who went to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And that's quite a sad statement. That's very sad. Yeah. Um... You know, uh, later in the night, Baron Corbin would say, "You know, if he didn't get a rematch, that uh, heads will roll," <laughs> um, so. which is not a good phrase to say in a country that that happens. It's in. It's, it's, it's literal. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was a bit strange. I don't know who wrote that line. Well, I mean, I I probably know who passed that line. Yeah. But I, um, you know, it's definitely on a certain man's desk at some point. <laughs> at some point <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um. Finn Balor versus Andrade, uh, from all, for all intents and purposes. I did actually watch this match because mm-hmm. it was the one that actually gave me the most interest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, um, I mean, it, it was fine. Right. Uh, I thought that they've had better matches on SmackDown between right. each other uh, and on Raw, but, um, I was not taking anything away from this match. I thought it would I knew it would probably come out to be the best match on the card. i didn't know how distinctly right I was going to be <laughs> as an end result here. Yeah. Um, after all the the chaos of this, um, Finn Balor of course retained his Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane McMahon beat Roman Reigns for for some reason. <laughs> what is happening? This is this is bizarre world. What what is happening right now? So the only thing that I could probably come close to a defense on this. Would be there was a time hmm. about 30 years ago where Vince was, uh, was it 30 years ago? Maybe, 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 oh, maybe about 20 years ago, okay. right? 20 some odd years ago. Vince would have matches regularly with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and right. sometimes Vince would win just because it would ire the crowd. Mm. But Shane is nowhere near Vince's own level, right? Shane's not – now, Now again, Vince is not an athletic mm. kind of guy. He's super jacked for yeah. his age, but he's not an athletic guy, and he's not a wrestler. Right. Right. But Vince as a heel was super over. Mm. Shane's nowhere near what his father was on any of those fronts. Right. And they're just trying to get you, like, extra heat because they want you to really like Roman and see Roman beat the crap out of Shane. hmm <clears throat> But even then, you have Drew McIntyre, Claymore kicking Roman, and then helping set up Shane to beat Roman. I don't... I mean... So, here's the thing that confuses me about this. Why is it that WWE has, like, six guys? Yeah? It, like... Every single pay-per-view is just different clusters of, of these six to ten guys. And the storylines aren't going anywhere. They don't do anything with them. There, there almost isn't a storyline for most of them. And it's just, oh, this we want to make this guy big, so he's going to have a match with this guy. And uh, we want to make this guy big, so he's going to interrupt this match. And nothing makes sense. None of these guys I want to see at all. And I just really don't understand what WWE is doing right now. I really don't. I don't know who w- wanted to see this. <laughs> I'm going off. I'm sorry, but it. I just can't understand how they would put a card like this together. Yeah. No. Um. I I don't know either, man. I really don't know. And it only got even weirder from there because Lars Sullivan beat the the Lucha House Party. Now that's not the surprising part; he beat them by disqualification, which is is dumb on many levels. Yeah, because now you have a monster that's no longer a monster. Yeah, he's he's now somewhat sympathetic because he won by disqualification, right? Yeah, but then he's still a bad guy. But he's but he's not, because yeah, like, you're supposed to now think the Lugia House Party guys are, like, disqualifying themselves. Right, right. It's very weird. It's just, like, <clears throat> who, what is Lars Sullivan? Who is he? How are they pushing him? Because he makes zero sense right now. Like, I don't even think they should be dealing with Lars Sullivan at this point, in, in my opinion. But everything that they're doing with him just makes zero sense. It, you're trying to make him a monster. You're trying to make him a, a huge heel yet you do babyface tactics with him. And it's just super confusing on two fronts. You know, why are you even continuing to push this guy? And two, why is everything you're doing making zero sense? You know? Yep. I don't know. I mean, and and that's not to say, and, you know, for the WWE apologists out there, again, this is not a knock on Lars himself. But that promo that he had on SmackDown was awful. It was awful. He gave this whole backstory about him being called a freak as a kid and he's trying to like overcome that. And it's like, okay, cool. I mean that's actually kind of an inspiring story, right? Yeah. Like that part doesn't suck. The part that does suck is he's a guy that you should be booing. He's a heel, yeah. He's a heel. Yeah. And so I'm just like what what is this even anymore and and even if you are for some strange reason trying to get lars sullivan over and 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 make him a a face why are you using lucha house party to do like what is happening right now i don't know man. there's just so many weird decisions it's yeah it's 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 a brain trip (laughs) yeah yeah Um... that's putting it lightly Randy Orton and Triple H had a match that went almost 26 minutes right Hmm. now if my look if I'm not mistaken I think it was a week ago or two weeks ago we were talking about this match in specific Yeah. and I was like this should be cool but it should have taken place 10 years ago right because the stipulation was it was going to be no DQ, mm-hmm. and what did they have? A straight up singles match. They somehow pulled that stipulation out of this match. Yeah, and we had Triple H and Randy Orton going 26 minutes, in which both men, man, I'm I'm sorry because I I really like both guys, but they were going through the motions. Yeah, and yeah. and Triple H. Again, I love him to death. He's getting a little bit older, though. You don't want to have him going in these longer matches at his age, because you don't you don't want to run the risk of him hurting himself. Well, yeah. I mean, not even just that. You know, Triple H is a, you know he's a great wrestler or was a great wrestler, depending on how you look at it. But he doesn't have the cardio that he used to. So even if you're not even if it's not, like, a crazy, crazy hard-hitting match with all these crazy holds and all this stuff, it's still a 26-minute match. And that takes a lot of cardio to get through that amount of just getting beat up, you know? Right. I don't know. Well, and the other thing, too, is, like... What's the best way to put this? Like... In any other situation, this would be like super duper epic, right? Mm. But making it no like taking away the no holds barred or no DQ stipulation, mm. like it only furthered the limitations that Triple H has because right. you could tell that in some of the spots he was getting gassed, mm. and it was it was really touch and go. And a lot of fans really liked this match because mm. I guess because it was the longest, most drawn out match on the card. Mm. Um, but man, I don't know. Randy Orton got the win over on Triple H, which is you know, uh, cool. Yeah, I guess good for Randy. Sure. I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, Triple H puts over Randy Orton. I mean, why not? Cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Braun Strowman defeats Bobby Lashley in a battle of two big men. I feel like I've seen this match eighty times now. Right. Did you see their arm wrestling contest on Raw? I don't want to. Okay. I'm <laughs> moving right along then. I, I mean, this th- was... Th- this goes back to the same thing I said uh, earlier on. Why does WWE, WWE have like 10 guys? Why? Why? Y- you have an amazing roster. Arguably one of the best rosters in the entire world of wrestling. Mm. And you continuously put these guys in terrible matchups you know like Braun Strowman's great on his own, Randy Orton's great on his own, Triple H you know, Finn Balor, Andrade Seth Rollins, they're all great on their own but you put them in these strange matchups with this strange booking and it's like you're just misusing the talent and using very little of it you know what I mean? yeah, No, I, I get that I get that 100% It's I don't want to sound like a broken record but I don't know, man. It's very, very strange. Yeah. Uh, Kofi Kingston defeats uh, Dolph Ziggler here in a singles match. There was some interference by Xavier Woods. So Dolph Ziggler demands afterwards that he wants to have uh, a match where there would be no interference. Mm. Uh, so he wants to go up against Kofi Kingston in a rematch at Stomping Grounds in a steel cage. Um, making this the second consecutive pay per view that we've had a uh, steel cage match. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't count this Uh, as a pay per view, of course, which I mean, who in your right mind would? (laughs) Um, I mean, it is though. It is. Unfortunately, this has to be put in the pay per view list for sure. You know, Uh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, I mean. That's that's all well and good for Kofi. Kofi, um, you know, Kofi won. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mansoor, who is an NXT developmental talent from uh, Saudi Arabia, hmm. um, which I mean, again, if you guys did not know this, right? Jeddah is in Saudi Arabia. Yes, yes. Right. They won't tell you this, but that's where that that's where it is. Right. Um, Mansoor won. Uh, he, he's again the, the hometown guy, which is very strange too. You hardly ever see in WWE here stateside the hometown guy winning, um, you know their match, yeah. right? Um, so Mansoor wins the the fifty plus man battle royal, which I mean, God, uh, yeah, I'm I'm speechless, kind of using the the. Over machine Elias to to put over mansour you know, because Elias is just so so great at really putting on fantastic matches and, and really putting putting over some guys that wouldn't, you know, in, in general, Elias has that that really he just has an it factor to him that that really works when trying to put over new guys, you know. Yeah. No. Did you did you see this? Hear the sarcasm in my voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 Elias is awesome. That's what <laughs> I I ju- I just love Elias. That's yeah, that's what I'm agreeing with. Man, I, I just love Elias. He he's like probably my favorite wrestler and guitarist. Yes, be- better than better than all of them. Yeah, Buckethead's got got nothing on Elias. Did you hear that uh, that electric guitar he did? That was some. That was some crazy technical stuff, man. Oh yeah, <sighs> guitar prodigy that Elias. No, nope. what, what a guy. Facts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't know that he was so handy around a Stratocaster. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he he uh, he's got some, some skills for sure. Oh man. No. Uh, <laughs> sarcasm aside, though, Elias is awful. And oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> tell tell him how you really feel, Stephen. And. and uh, I don't know. It's kind of kind of crazy that you continuously try to put people over with Elias. Yeah, I, like it doesn't work, y'all. Like no one likes Elias, and but not in a good way. Like, <laughs> yeah, no facts, facts. People just straight up don't want to see him on their TV. It, it's not, it's not good heel work. It's just annoying. It's kind of like how like. Like L- latter days, Roman Reigns was like a few years ago. Yeah, the and, five minute boo session. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then now like with Baron Corbin. So now you have like Baron Corbin on um, Raw getting the same treatment as Elias is on SmackDown. Yeah. It's very strange. Oh yeah. Um, and then I mean, we can't go on further without talking about Goldberg versus Undertaker just briefly here because mm. I don't want to really spend too much time on this. Yeah. Yeah. It was um It was rough. It was rough, man. Yeah. Both men got dumped on their heads. Goldberg times. Goldberg felt really bad about everything after the match. Mm-hmm. He was concussed. I'm sure that Undertaker may have had some injury as mm-hmm. well. I mean you I could just... almost I don't know. I, I know Undertaker obviously they, they both agreed to this match. Yeah. They both agreed to be there. Um but you can honestly see I feel at least that you can see the frustration on uh, Undertaker's face at, at the end of the match. Oh yeah! Right, right as he gets the pinfall. Uh, spoilers. Sorry. Um, <laughs> right as he gets the pinfall, you can see it on his face. Uh, you know, I, that wasn't good. No. You know. No. And I and I wish they would both stop. Yeah. I I mean. Yep. Look, Goldberg looked to be in fantastic shape, mm-hmm. and. You know what? Maybe he gets a bit of redemption, right? I maybe they put him in another match here. Maybe they give him a, another little mini run and and you know, him give his farewell. But man, like it's real touch and go and yeah. this match shouldn't have gone on longer than maybe 3 minutes and this match went on instead for uh, almost 10. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, um this is a hard pass on a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. you know, that was supposed to be as good as, if not if better than, better <laughs> than WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, it was certainly half the time of WrestleMania. Yeah, I guess you can give it some points there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, just a hard pass from us here at Headlock Talk. Unfortunately, yeah. um, Best of the Super Juniors, however, from New Japan. Damn. 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 So good. Oh, man. Um, so the three matches that really got me were Jay White versus Tanahashi. Was was really, really good uh, because it continued their story arc. And I think they're building something really special. And, and I think that's something that they can always dig back into and further elaborate on and really make great. Um, Jay White picks up the win here, so the story continues to be, you know, when will... Um, when will Tanahashi get his win? And I think Wrestle Kingdom sounds like the right place for Tanahashi to get his uh, his win back against Jay White for good. Mm. Um, the the match that followed because uh, this really was a three match show for me. I mean, the rest of the card was great, but if you are looking for the marquee matches, mm. the next match between uh, John Moxley and Juice Robinson. Holy crap. Oh, it was so good. Oh, that's a... that's a whole, if, Look, if you even remotely liked Dean Ambrose, you will love yourself some John Moxley from New Japan. Absolutely, yeah. Because it, it's so cool because he... Now, you know, he, he talked about it on the uh, Talk is Jericho podcast. He's able to be himself. He's able to... Put forth his own ideas into the, into the character that he's playing and the way that the match plays out, and it's really cool to see because you see a lot of Dean Ambrose still in him.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, uh,
0: a lot of the move sets are similar and everything like that. But then you also see a lot of new from him, a lot of new moves, uh, almost like a new demeanor as well. And uh, it's just really nice to see because he he looks refreshed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah he he looked refreshed he looked aggressive he looked like he had used a lot of the experience that he had i mean cuz the old john moxley pre-wwe mm-hmm. was a deathmatch wrestler right like that that was his that was his thing uh, instead john moxley comes to japan and is this like i mean i hate sounding like a broken record but he came out looking like a brawler mm-hmm. like like somebody who just mugs people. He looked like a fighter. He looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. And his music was awesome. It had like this extreme, like almost like Van Halen esque, like eruption guitar mm. style thing going on. Yeah. To, and then, didn't he even even do a stunner. I no, he didn't. I don't think he did a stunner. Oh, I'm thinking of the the, You're the of, Will Osprey. Yeah, 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 Okay, never mind. But but even more so, John Moxley. Looked, a stunner would have been would have been like perfectly in place though. It would have been. <laughs> For sure, I mean John Moxley went from being a, a heel with the crowd because Juice Robinson's extremely over mm-hmm. in Japan to them being like starting to get cheered for. Absolutely, he he you got know. some cheers for him, and the the reception for him was really really awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Especially you know just because when you you think of the the meta aspect of it, you know John Moxley's been going through some stuff. And to see him invigorated back in and to see a a foreign promotion take to him so well is really nice. It is. It it really is very nice. And I I really enjoyed that match. Um, Before I go any further, Mm. I mean, I'm willing to give that match itself probably a good four, maybe four and a half. I gave that match four and a half for sure. Um, I could definitely see the argument for five stars, definitely. Um, I... I don't want to give it the five stars just based on the fact that, oh, my God, Moxley's in New Japan, and he's wrestling, and it's awesome. Right. Uh, but if I'm looking at it from a purely objective standpoint, I'm going to go four and a half. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just really, really great match. Yeah, it, it was a solid match. And, and uh, I mean, it climaxed very, very well. Ambrose hit the Death Rider, which is a an inverted, um, you know, uh, Basically, underhooked DDT uh, that that he's always done. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, looked great. Uh, but, man, the main event, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, Best of Super Juniors Finals. Um, I'll preface this by saying this, mm. and I hope I didn't ruffle any feathers or make some waves when I gave the Adam Cole-Johnny Gargano match six stars and broke the star rating on that one. Mm. Um my argument is this. For wrestling fans like you and I, a five-star match is perfect score. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Perfect. Um it's something that you have to see, something that is top of the list, uh, a match of the year candidate. We can go on and on and on. Right, right. Right. I feel like if you go anything past five stars which you can justify mm-hmm. and, and for this reason here. That It's because it transcends wrestling fandom. Mm. It is something that you as a wrestling fan can show a non-fan and be like, this is why I watch wrestling. Right. And it would actually enthrall that non-wrestling fan, perhaps even into continuing to watch wrestling even further beyond that. Mm. That's my argument to breaking the star rating. Right. Because when I gave uh, Gargano and Ciampa six stars... And I showed you the match last year when you you had taken a break from wrestling. You mm-hmm. weren't watching it actively. And I right. was like, bro, you got to check this out. Yep. And here I am. And here you are. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. O- almost a year later, and, and I'm crazy back into the world of wrestling. Way, way more so than I ever have been. Yeah. So, I could definitely see that. So, that's my argument for breaking the star rating mm-hmm. scale. And I'm, I'm giving this... As a, as a as a lead in here because I have to do it again. Oh man <laughs> I'm giving Osprey Takagi six uh, not six five and a, five and a half right on five and a half it was a fantastic match If you showed it to a non-wrestling fan they'd be like what did I just watch? Mm-hmm. It was greatness. Plus, all the story leading up to it was great. Um, the many different elements going into it. Takagi being undefeated for 90-some-odd matches up until then, never taking a pinfall, never taking a submit loss. Mm. Osprey, you know, he had a comeback story from the, uh, from the Best of the Super Juniors tournament himself. He's had a bit of a rough personal year. Um, and then, of course, the story of him now... Wanting to stay in Japan full time, mm-hmm. it, it also played into this here. So I thought it was a beautiful match. Um, a, you know, it's on the long side, so yeah, you know, strap in, right, right. But it was a very, very good match. Absolutely, no, I can definitely agree with all that. I definitely see your argument for five and a half, especially when you take into consideration, uh, you know, some of the storyline and some of the meta stuff that has been happening with those two guys. Um, me personally, I'm giving it five. Uh, thought it was a really really solid match uh, pretty much a perfect match i I can agree that uh, you know showing it to a non-wrestling fan uh, could possibly get them into wrestling or, or at least uh, you know kind of show them what wrestling's about yeah and, and show them what is to be appreciated about pro wrestling um I just think with, with it being a, a I don't know maybe this shouldn't take off the star rating i'm gonna I'm gonna just stick at five stars. Five stars. Right at five stars. Really, really super solid match. And uh, Will Osprey is my man. He's like, awesome. He, and he just keeps getting better. In the, in the ring, he is very, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, and I hope that he settles down more so now that he's moving to Japan. He can get his house in order. Mm. And he can... Uh, lay down the groundwork for many, many great years of being in New Japan. Uh, you know, for, for the long term. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of Osprey, mm. let's move along here into uh, New Japan Dominion territory. Yes, right. Uh, another uh, show full of great matches, um, great moments. Again, spoilers here if mm. you have not seen the show. Go ahead and pause this now, and tune back in, uh, and, and let us know what you think. Of course, but <clears throat> what I what I really enjoyed. I mean, you had Moxley uh, having another convincing win, uh, retaining the uh, the U.S. title. Um, he declared himself for the G One. Yes, uh, Shibata had a awesome match uh, with a heavyweight mm. this time. Uh, trying to transcend being a super junior. Uh, And uh, he had a good display, very convincing display. He has now confirmed himself also for the G1. Of course, the G1 is New Japan's big tournament for the year. Um, Winner gets a shot at the... Generally speaking, gets a contract shot at... um, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which is uh, New Japan's equivalent of uh, WrestleMania, of course. Right, uh, they get a contract uh, shot at the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Um, so that was cool. And uh, another big highlight, of course, too, uh, was the debut, somewhat, of Kenta mm. uh, back in Japan. Now, yeah. New, uh, Noah Legend, uh, former NXT talent. Um, Great overall wrestler. It's been a long time coming, and I really look forward to seeing him. I really hope that after he left NXT that he would go to Japan. Mm-hmm. And um, NOAA fans out there are going to be upset about this, but New Japan fans are definitely thrilled with this, and I can't wait to see what happens. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I only saw a, uh, only a tiny bit of him uh, when he was in NXT as Hideo... Tommy, yes, correct. Uh, yeah, so I, I only saw maybe one or two matches, but that man can move. That man has some some really solid in ring talent. Uh, so I think he'll fit right at home in New yeah. Japan for yeah. sure. The uh, the originator of the go to sleep. Mm. Yeah, uh, very, cool. very nice move. Yes, he. Uh, uh, one could also argue that Daniel Bryan modeled his running knee after Kenta's. Um, so he's he's an right originator. He's a hard hitter. Um, It's been a little bit of time off from doing all the hard-hitting moves that you would normally see uh, from him, but I would hope uh, and expect that he returns to fine form here. For sure. Um, so that's awesome. Um, some other great matches here. A tag match between um, uh, G.O.D., uh, the Grills of Destiny, versus uh, Evil and Sonata. Uh, which the Gorillas of Destiny retained their titles here. Uh, so it was that was great. Uh really solid match. A lot of Dominion flew by, like the matches seemed a little bit on the shorter side, but I mm. think that was to uh, compensate for the uh the last three matches. For sure. Uh, um Osprey versus Dragon Lee. Osprey, of course, facing Dragon Lee for the IWGP uh junior heavyweight championship. Uh, which was uh one of course when he won the G one finals. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a fantastic match. A crazy match. The reversals in that match were just nuts. There, there was like a couple like minute long segments where it was just reversal, 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 Mm -hmm. flip, reversal, arm drag, flip, like all (laughs) kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, those guys just the way they move in the ring, it it just has a way of like catching your eyes and just being like, oh my god, what are you gonna do next? Right? Because. At a moment's notice, they're doing a triple backflip off... You know, that's that's kind of an exaggeration. But, you know, <laughs> in a moment's notice, they're doing some crazy move off the top rope where they mm. were just grappling on the floor like a second ago, mm-hmm. you know? So, it's just a really, really cool, unpredictable uh, kind of match style that really has this this way of just being like, oh, what's going to happen next, you know? Mm. No, for sure. I um I ended up giving this one about four and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh Osprey is once again your uh uh IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great match. There was a sick uh Canadian Destroyer spot at one point yeah. which was awesome. Uh both men gave it their all, both showed respect and uh I can't wait to see Osprey perhaps take on uh Hiro Takahashi mm. uh who um he's he really is the uncrowned Junior heavyweight champion. He only lost because they had to get that. You know, he, they they had to get the show on the road, right? Mm, right. Uh, he broke his neck, and that's yeah. uh, that's pretty pretty sad. So yeah. he had to vacate the title. Yeah. Um. Uh, that was tough. But but no, th- this match was was really really solid. I personally gave it four and a half. Um. I I could, ar- I could see the argument for five. Me, personally, I couldn't give it the full five only because I gave uh, Ospreay and Shingo Takagi the full five. Um, And comparing the two matches, I definitely prefer the Takagi match a little bit more, Um, but that's not to the detriment of this match at all. It's really, really solid, and this is one of the the first times I'm seeing Dragon Lee as well. And, man, both guys just look super solid the entire time. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um... Let's uh, let's try this here. Mm. The oh, Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Um, so listen, um, let's make no bones about this here, because we're, we're we strive not to be contrarian or um. Hypocritical here on this show. Right. Uh, we talked about how Goldberg and Undertaker kept dumping each other on their heads. Um, make no mistake about it. Uh, we feel the same way about this match. Yeah. To to a lesser extent, of course. Um, uh, there was a really dangerous spot where I thought Kota Ibushi broke his neck when he was taking a German suplex from Naito to I'm the outside. I'm Actually, surprised that the match didn't end there. Really. Well, and you had Red Shoes, the referee, in the ring doing a very fast count, mm-hmm. and I think this is just my theory. I think he thought that it should have been done, mm. so he tried to get the count over with, right? To you know, just expedite the you know the match and make sure that Ibushi was okay. Yeah. But somehow, Ibushi's like he's like Superman. He got yeah. back in the ring somehow. Yeah. And he kept going, and then he dumped Naito on his head out off of some kind of like high angle pile driver maneuver mm-hmm. that I think I've seen him do it a few times. Yeah, um, but, but then there were two more after that from each man as well. There, there was a, re- reverse rana's. Yeah, there there was several moves in this match where someone got dropped directly on their neck or head, like directly with force. And it honestly it was. Really hard to watch at some points. Really, that main spot, uh, it was uh, Naito who gave a German suplex to Ibushi on the ring apron. And uh, on the way down, Ibushi catches his neck on on the ring apron and goes out to the outside of the ring. Yeah, the back of his head and and his neck. After that move, I was really like... All right, y'all. Let's let's put a pin in this. Let's uh let, let's kind of get on with the show. Not because it was a bad match or anything, but you know, it's to the same point of the Goldberg Undertaker match. These guys are awesome, and I don't want to see them hurting. Right. I don't want to see them getting seriously injured. Right. And he is so so lucky that he didn't get seriously injured at that spot because he that could have been career-ending 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, Naito picked up the win here, and you know, like I said, that was a vicious match. Yeah. Um, I can't, uh, in in good faith, give that a full five stars because I was, no. I was on the edge of my seat, hoping and praying that both men were going to be okay. I was. See, you're, you're on the edge of your seat, but it's not a good right. edge of your seat because I was I was worried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I can't I can't give them the full five. I'll give them four and a half for sure. Naito's your new Intercontinental Champion yeah please don't ever do that again though that yeah. was the most dangerous like few matches that I've ever seen If in my life. Uh, if some of those spots went a little bit better than others I would have rated this match a little higher I'm giving it 4 Mm. Um, I did personally take off a full star for some of those match some of those spots just because man i 'm not gonna lie it really took away from uh, some of the enjoyment of the match you know yeah uh th- those guys are super super talented and they really they yeah. know how to wrestle one hundred percent I love both guys but for sure some of those spots man is just really hard to watch so I had to take a, a full star off of it yep. but that being said, if you are a fan uh, of you know, some of those matches just just brutal, brutal matches. you will you will really like it. Yeah. So there is that for sure. Um, main event time, chris jericho, the the pain maker, painmaker versus Kazushko Okada, the rainmaker. the rainmaker yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, these guys had a really wonderful match too. Mm-hmm. i i uh, I really enjoyed it. Did I enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Jericho and Omega? Maybe not. Mm, Not quite. Did did I enjoy it more than I've enjoyed Kazuchika Okada versus other opponents? Uh, um, That's debatable. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, I mean, both guys are, like, super geniuses in the ring. Absolutely. And they built the match well. They built the tension well. I would say it's probably about four and three quarters. It's almost five. Mm-hmm. Almost five. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I personally gave this match four and a half. Uh, really, really solid match. And this is another example of just, like you said, two ring geniuses. And, and not even necessarily just, like, the in-ring work, mm-hmm. but, you know, the playing to the crowd, the the momentum mm-hmm. of the match, uh, all, all of that stuff. It, it just it flowed really, really well. Mm. And... Not in a bad way. It kind of went how you would expect an Okada Jericho match to go. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know? Yeah. The, the pacing was good. It was a bit on the slower side of things. Especially towards the, the beginning and the middle, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it picked up towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of got me was the surprise finish kind of out of nowhere. I was like, wait, that's it? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. you know, was kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it's not a it's not a terrible thing. It was still a great match. Yeah, um, but I feel like, uh, just from what I've seen from New Japan, New Japan is, they're really experts in that crazy last-minute finish, yep. where it's like, oh my god, what's happening? Oh my god, he won! Yeah. Whereas with this one, it was kind of just like, oh, okay, cool, he won. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. You know, which, you know, is not a bad thing. No. But I've seen New Japan handle endings better than that. Well, and it seemed purposeful because of what happened after the match, mm. where Tanahashi confronts Jericho... Um and you know uh, it was interesting, um you know Jericho obviously flipped out on Okada yep. after the match and I mean that that kind of set things up, but um, yeah the, the finish kind of came out of nowhere but overall it was a wonderful wonderful show Absolutely. I really enjoyed it, um so definitely if you are a lapsed. WWE fan or someone who just wants to check out something new something fresh Mm -hmm. you're coming off of the mainstream you want to get into maybe something a little bit more hardcore something a little bit more sporting if you will definitely this is not a bad time to check out New Japan check out the whole uh, you've got three weeks worth of uh, Best of the Super Juniors to check out there's a whole section on newjapanworld.com that's only about like eight or nine bucks a month and well worth it well worth your money for sure Uh, So, definitely check that out, and check out uh, Dominion as well Mm -hmm. uh, for the follow-up show. A-plus pay-per-view. A-plus for sure. Let's talk, uh, of course, uh, some face turn, heel turn, Stephen. Let's do it. Awesome. Uh, Face turn, heel turn, of course, if you are new to Headlock Talk, uh, this is our buy-or-sell segment, uh, you know, or good cop, bad cop, we bring up a topic and we debate over whether or not it's a face turn, which is great, 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 <laughs> or uh, if it's a heel turn. Ooh, that's naughty. It's ooh. bad. Ooh, you're 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 a you're a bad thing. Oh, good. So or oh, bad. Or oh, bad indeed. <laughs> um. So face turn, heel turn uh, is WWE with everything that's happened, right? You know, we had double or nothing about two or three weeks about three, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, something like that. Um, and we had um, uh, NXT Takeover, which is fine. Uh, it is technically a WWE product, but at times it feels like WWE's main product is competing with itself right. in the developmental product. Right. Right. You know, um, and then New Japan just clobbers everybody you know this week yeah. uh, especially with all their best of the super juniors and and dominion i mean face turn heel turn is wwe uh, losing a step or or starting to lose the war already with all these different factions and promotions worldwide in terms of wrestling i mean it, it's kind of an interesting question cuz you you got to you got to think is it wwe main product competing with AEW? Is it main product competing with New Japan? Is it NXT competing with New Japan? Is NXT competing with AEW? Because at this point, it almost feels like WWE, like main product Raw and SmackDown, and NXT are two completely separate companies at this point. <coughs> that's, um, how, that's how I read the room. I, I, yeah. I, I mentally default to NXT being its own thing. Yeah, I mean, and I can definitely see that argument for sure. But really when people are talking about, you know, the war, like the big war, they're Mm -hmm. talking about main product WWE and AEW. So if we're talking that big war, honestly, I think it might be a little too early to really, you know, solidify that. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, it is not looking good. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely not looking good, especially when, you know, just from, just take a bird's eye view, a very blanket look at what Double or Nothing was, and what Super Showdown was, and the reception that each of those shows got. Mm. I mean, the writing's on the walls there, you know? Yeah. I mean, this one's not... I mean, I'm kind of in between a face turn and a heel turn here. Are they losing the war already? I mean, that's kind of a loaded thing here. Right. But, uh, like you said, it's not a good look so far. Mm. For sure. Um... Face turn, heel turn, Lars Sullivan continuing to feud with Lucha House Party. Heel turn. I don't like Lars Sullivan. I don't like Lucha House Party. I don't understand why this is a storyline that they're trying to go with. <laughs> the biggest heel turn, That like, I why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I can't disagree with you here. I'm going heel turn here as well. Um, Lars. The whole Lars Sullivan interview segment on SmackDown was really weird. Um, the you know, Lucha House Party winning by disqual or losing by disqualification, disqualifying themselves against Lars Sullivan at Super Showdown was really weird. Yeah, I don't know where we're going from here. In all honesty, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like I said when we were talking about Super Showdown before. You know, you have you have Lars Sullivan who you're trying to portray as this freak, this animal, this this mega heel, and, and then you use babyface tactics with him. Yeah, and like an endearing promo a, a a dq win things like that it it's muddling his already not good character yeah you know no, yeah. no i agree um <laughs> i uh yeah i just don't know where you go else here with Lars sullivan um i guess we'll just have to wait and see yeah see the stomping grounds card so far uh face turn heel turn on that Uh, Again, we have Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin in a rematch from um, Super Showdown. We have Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage match. Also a rematch from Super Showdown. We have Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, again, uh, for uh, some reason. (laughs) Um, I guess because he interfered in the match uh, that uh, that Roman and Shane had. And then, uh, also, Lacey Evans versus Becky Lynch, another rematch. Yeah, because that went so well the first time. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss, somehow, for some reason, also. Yeah. I thought, I mean, I, I wasn't sure about this, but things weren't looking good for Alexa Bliss there. I hope she's good and ready to go. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, a lot of rematches here, Steven. <sighs> Face turn, heel turn. He'll turn, man. This is, it's, it's, it's the same thing that, that I was saying with, uh, with Super Showdown. And again, whatever, I'm a broken record, sue me. Why do you have 10 wrestlers and every pay-per-view is just different matchups with those same exact wrestlers? Yeah. Your roster is the biggest in the industry. Yeah. Do something with somebody. Like, why? I don't know. I, yeah, heel turn as well. Like, this is the sign of, like, decay within a company, I feel like, is mm-hmm. like, hey, we're going to keep giving you the same stuff over and over and over again. And it's like, this is not good. I like, mean, this hasn't worked for months. You could even argue years at this point, and and they're still just giving us the same stuff. You it, know, the same stuff. It reeks of incompetence. Absolutely. Yeah, unfortunately. Um. Let's get on to something a little bit lighter here to close out Face Turn, Heel Turn. Yeah. Uh, face Turn, Heel Turn. We will see John Moxley versus Kenny Omega before AEW hits TNT this fall. Seems a little quick. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they set up the feud at double or nothing. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I felt like... I don't know, I felt like with that one that was more so a big moment. Not necessarily like setting anything up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it could set it up and they could use it later, but I I really think that was put there as Moxley's here and he's beating up Omega. Oh my god, not necessarily like, oh, Omega needs to get revenge now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I mean, they could certainly go that route for sure. Uh, it just seems a little quick to me, mm. so I, I'll say heel turn just because I don't think it'll happen that quick. Mm. But I also will say face turn because, yes, please. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with face turn uh, on this in full here, only because I think that they still have to flesh out a lot of that all-out card. Mm. Uh, That's a good point. Uh, yeah, they, they've got um, they've got Jericho versus Hangman Adam Page and out so far, which is uh, really good. And um, uh, there's nothing really else announced besides that right now. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if you want to stack up a really big card for this here, Moxley versus Omega is a good way to do it. That's for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Um, Let's have a good old round of the game that we both like to play here. (laughs) A Headlock Talk favorite. Of course, it's If Wishes Were Fishes. Oh, snap. All right, get your get your scuba gear ready, ladies and gentlemen. We're diving in. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'll start this week. Mm-hmm. If wishes were fishes, I wish that Chris Jericho wins the IWGP title and defends it in AEW, just at least like maybe once or twice. Yeah. You know, I I do feel like a New Japan AEW partnership. Um, especially after talking with Wilf uh, from Brainbuster Radio and hearing a lot of uh, what he's had to say on the topic, mm-hmm. I do feel as though uh, it would be a far way out. But wouldn't it be cool for both New Japan and AEW to get a little bit of extra and maybe like give them some give an American audience the backstory for the IWGP Heavyweight Title? I think it would be really kind of nice. Eh, eh. Okay, <laughs> so. I think I've said this on air before, uh, but I personally would prefer for AEW to kind of stick to its own guns for the first you know year or two, and really just flesh out their product uh, a lot. You know, they just announced a- and unveiled the AEW uh, World Heavyweight Championship. I don't know if that's what it's called, but it's a beautiful belt. It's a really beautiful belt, and I really think that AEW should you know focus on themselves for a little bit i I personally am not the biggest fan of whenever a belt goes to a different promotion uh, from a uh, a separate promotion yeah uh, I just think it's kind of a weird dynamic in my opinion. I know I'm the odd man out here. I know a lot of people love that uh, it's really not my favorite thing um, so I think i'm gonna I think I'm gonna give the only negative uh it, what it, if wishes were fishes uh does that mean I have to give you fish? Yes. What? That's what that means. Okay. 100%. Fine. Um, if I have to give you fish here, Stephen, for going negative on my fish rating. Okay. I'm, I'm going gi- negative. Wait. Are you? What? So. I, I'm rating yours. Okay. Yeah. So I So y- I have to give you something. Some oh, kind of I fish. see. Okay. I, I guess. Okay. Well, no. I guess you can demand the fish if you're like. Man, I am that offended by that wish that you now have to give me fish. So this is... Uh, this is a headlock talk first, ladies and gentlemen. This, this is, has never happened. This is negative two goldfish. Oh. All right, well, here you go, Steven. Here's two. Here's a pair of goldfish. I appreciate I, it. I hope you're happy. I'll feed it to my puffer fish. Great. <laughs> Jeez. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. It's- <laughs> Gosh. okay. Okay. Negative fish rating. <laughs> okay, so what's funny about this next wish is that it almost contradicts what I just said. Oh, almost, almost. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I wonder what's going to happen here, Stephen. <laughs> so, so wouldn't an NXT AEW co pay per view be awesome? <laughs> it would be. <laughs> it really would be. If wishes were fishes. AEW and NXT would have a co pay-per-view event. Yeah, yeah. No title changes, though. No title. No changes. No title changes. Wow. Just just straight up matches. Okay. So what what are we looking at here, Stephen? For an AEW New Japan. Well, that's the same we're looking show. at a lot. We're is it a-, a is it is things. it AEW NXT or is it New Japan a uh, NXT? It's AEW NXT. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean AEW New Japan would be dope too. Okay, I don't know. I mean, the, the, see, it's kind of contradictory, but not the the first match that comes to mind would be like Omega versus Gargano. My God, yeah, that'd be amazing. It would be, yeah, because we had it in Fantasy Warfare, and if you guys want to go back to the previous episodes and listen to the Fantasy Warfare series, it's pretty fun. Steven yeah. and I have a good time. Oh yeah, um, and uh, we we hope you guys would enjoy that. But yes, that would absolutely be have to be on that card. That would be a super killer match for sure. Uh, that 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 may very well go down as the best match to never happen ever. Jericho Champa, that'd be interesting. Uh, maybe maybe Okada Champa. I'll Ooh. I'll take that. Ooh, that'd be cool too. Yeah, he's not in. He's NXT not. A, he's or not AEW though. Uh, though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. See, that's why we need to have that partnership. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See. I'm down for partnerships Yeah. If you're going in to, to a pay-per-view uh, with, with two separate promotions and All that's cool yeah. But like If you just have a one-off match Where yeah. oh this guy came from AEW And took mm. the title Now he's in mm. AEW again mm. It's like What's the point of that? Or like um, Okay so AEW cause I, I gotta get New Japan off the brain here. Yeah so It's it, really hard after Dominion Oh it? it really is Yeah it's what really ab- hard. What about, uh, let's see here. I mean, uh, Cody versus Ciampa would be interesting. Oh, yeah. I, f- I feel like. Uh, Velveteen Dream uh, could have some really awesome matches with a lot of people on that, that Lucha roster. Lucha Bros. Mustache Mountain. Lucha Bros. versus Mustache Mountain would be great. Um, let me see here. Maybe like uh, Matt Riddle versus John Moxley. Mm-hmm. That'd be a, that'd be a really cool match. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of things that you could do there, uh, but for you being a hypocrite here, Stephen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna give you three clownfish. Oh, cause you're you, clowning me. Because you gotta be kidding me here. <laughs> you gotta be joking. I know my thought process doesn't make much <laughs> sense, but I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Hey. You know what I'm sticking with here. This next wish. Oh snap! Go ahead. So, for weeks and weeks, we have been wanting to see Alistair Black finally, finally, do something on SmackDown besides cut promos. And WWE dropped something here, um, basically on Twitter, being like, "Hey, you know what's Alistair Black's? Who should Alistair Black's opponent be?" and they had like it was kind of comical really they had like Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura and um, Finn Balor and all of those would be great matches all, oh, yeah. all of them and then they had Lars Sullivan on the <laughs> list and I was like jeez oh cool like, like i've already seen this yeah like i don't like i don't need the freak involved in another match here he's got to he's got to finish his feud with the lucha house party first but <laughs> in, 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 anyway um, yeah I, I my wish is that Aleister Black finally redebuts and he re against Finn Balor and takes that intercontinental strap off of him and becomes a real threat on Smackdown just a huge terror goes through everybody marches towards the the the, the WWE title mm. I think that would be really special I think that would be really cool too uh, you know we've said extensively on the show Aleister Black is something special he is fantastic really 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 awesome guy um and you know that would break the NXT curse uh of you know main roster you know NXT guys going to the main roster and really just not doing anything not being pushed uh and you know leading a lot of us to want them to go back to NXT but uh no I I think that'd be really awesome I'm gonna give that Five ornate beichers. Ooh, yeah, that's a very pretty fish. It is a very pretty fish because that would be beautiful. It would be. Yeah, it would be. Uh, Let's see here. So, um, shout out to my gaming fans. Uh, If you play any games, PS4, Xbox One, I don't judge. Whatever y'all want to do. Um, Some people may not know. Back in maybe 2009-ish, maybe 2008, mm. uh, a company called THQ went out of business. Oh, yeah. THQ is the original creators of SmackDown vs. Raw. Yeah. Right? Fantastic games. Uh, unfortunately, well, THQ... Yeah, all, all the WWE games. Right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, THQ went out of business, and the rights to WWE games were sold to Take-Two Interactive, or uh, 2K. Yeah. And so pretty much every... Uh, WWE game not even pretty much every WWE game since 2009 has been called WWE 2K something yeah right Yeah, and I'm just gonna say this they've been garbage I'm sorry hmm. Smackdown vs. Raw 2008 is probably one of the best wrestling games ever made and none of them in recent memory have been anywhere close to the, that quality I'm a big gamer obviously I'm a big wrestling fan if wishes were fishes WWE 2K20 would be something different Give me mm. something different. Give me something good. Because mm. they've been the same game for the past seven years. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, they've done, like, slight little changes here and there. Uh, very, with, like, very slight. With, like, story mode. Yeah. Like, very, like, little bits here and there. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I do remember the old THQ games. Like, WrestleMania 2000 was awesome. Mm-hmm. WWF uh, No Mercy was great. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some really good games made by THQ. And it it, it did kind of take a weird turn when 2K... Uh, pick them up mm-hmm. um, so yeah no I mean I, I'm definitely on board with you there uh, for sure um, what I'm actually going to give you here for that here is uh is this scribbled file fish ah yeah, look which at, one's look that look one look that one it's, it, it's blue ah. and green uh, It's it's a, it looks like it's a nice sized fish there with yeah. big fins yeah. meaning it's got big heart just like that wish I like it I like it <laughs> yeah no the, the 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 gaming side of wrestling has been very sad in the past like decade. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Anyways, on to your next wish. Um, my my last wish is very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, if wishes were fishes, I want to see this Matt Riddle Adam Cole title match. Mm. I want to see it real bad. Yeah, because both men blew me away from Takeover twenty five. Uh, and I feel like Matt Riddle's a deserving number one contender. Mhm. Uh, especially if Johnny Gargano is legit injured. That is the match I want to see. Absolutely. Adam Cole, Matt Riddle. Simple as that. No frills. Yes, yeah. let's, let's just dive in and do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt Riddle's one of those guys uh, very similar to, I mean, not similar in like, you know, ring attire and move set and all that stuff but mm-hmm. similar to Will Ospreay in the sense that every time you see him he gets better mm. and, and he just gets better every single time and I, I would have argued that he was ready for a title match even you know six months ago and mm-hmm. and even more so now today he is absolutely deserving of it and I think he would be a, an awesome awesome champion Um, so yeah I, for that one I think I'm going to give that one hmm you know, I've used this fish before, but it's a really, really awesome fish because it, that is an awesome, awesome wish and it'd be an awesome match. I'm gonna give it five emboo puffer fish. Ooh, yes. That is a very awesome puffer fish. Very awesome puffer fish for a very awesome match. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that'd be really awesome. Sweet. I think I said awesome like seventeen times in a minute. You're right. It's it is awesome though. It is awesome. <laughs> uh my last wish is, is also very simple. Uh, might get some hate for this. Might not. Who knows? Um, Vince McMahon, please retire. Dang. Uh, get, get out of uh, WWE. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just get out. Just, just get out. I, I understand it's your baby. I understand that you built it, uh, and I appreciate that and and everything like that. But with all of the news coming out, um, you know, from different wrestlers, uh, different news outlets, the Talk is Jericho podcast with John Moxley, it's really looking more and more like most of the problems that WWE is having these days is coming directly from Vince, from the desk of Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't have any bad blood towards Vince, you know. Um, I, I do think that his continued involvement in Saudi Arabia is not really the, the best business decision, but I, I don't have anything against the man himself. That being said, though, if it's if everything we've read is all true, it's looking like you're ruining WWE. Damn. So... Yeah, please retire, (laughs) man. That is a quite a big wish, Mm -hmm. and for this, I will need quite a big fish. Yeah. Uh, So what I'm giving this here is actually the Atlantic Goliath Grouper. Oh man, I'm I'm giving. I'm actually giving it four of these here, Mm. uh, because uh, this fish uh, can be as long as eight feet Hmm. a little bit over eight feet Uh, and can weigh as much as 790 pounds that's a big fish and that's a very big wish steve yeah so very fitting i think very fitting indeed yeah uh so uh before we let you guys go we appreciate you guys for listening to this week's episode of headlock talk it wouldn't be headlock talk if we didn't dive into our mailbag this week Woo! Woo! Let's do it. So so we thank everybody for their questions this week. We and we thank you guys for for tuning in and listening, of course, here. Uh this week's mailbag features quite a few new questions here. And let's start with no particular angle uh from Brainbuster Radio, of course. They're at NPA Podcast. They ask an age old question wrestling shoes or wrestling boots? Boots. Boots? Boots for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A- any reason for your preference? More protection. Yeah? Just a little bit more protection. I yeah. think so. Yeah, the- those guys go out and, you know, brutalize their bodies. So, right. any slight bit of protection that they can get from certain stuff is, you know. I-, I know the more fashionable thing right now is to have those, like, those shin pads. Right. Like, those those shin guards where it's like you could you could literally wear your tennis shoes underneath it. And I think I've seen Tyson Kidd do that before <laughs> where he literally wore some Nikes underneath like his his um, his shin guards, right? Um, I mean, I can go either way. Though I will say, John Moxley pulls off those wrestling shoes really nicely. He does. He does absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still sticking with boots. Okay. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, so so a house divided here, no particular. angle. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything pro wrestling. Uh, uh, they are on Twitter at EPW Show. Uh, which, I mean, Conrad's a great guy. You should definitely check out both uh, EPW and No Particular Angle, of course. Uh, but E uh, EPW asks, uh, rank the hype for the August 31st shows. New Japan's, uh, uh, I guess it was, I think it's New Japan Royal Quest, mm. um, NXT UK Cardiff, and AEW's all out. They are all on August thirty first. Rank so the hype. Yeah, rank the hype. Rank, rank, wait, rank which ones you are hyped for most. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, so put them in order. Uh, me personally, it would it would go probably all out, uh, and then and then Cardiff, hmm. and, then, and then New Japan's. Just because AEW. I'm I'm still on that train. Yeah. They they impressed me a lot on Double or Nothing. I'm really excited to see what their second uh, you know, canon pay-per-view is going to be like. Mm. And then, diehard NXT fan here, so mm-hmm. I mean, Cardiff's going to be great. Uh, no, no disrespect to New Japan, obviously. Uh, I'm just, I'm more so an American wrestling fan. Uh, mm. I know, I know their, New Japan's pay-per-view is going to be great, and I know I'll watch it. Uh, but if I had to rank the hype, uh, definitely All Out would be number one. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. Very, very interesting indeed. Um, because I feel the same way, right? Though, I'm actually going to go with this preferred order here. Okay. New Japan Pro Wrestling first. Oh, Ro- yeah. Roll a quest. I'm going to go number one there. Mm. Because New Japan is going to really hype up uh, a, a very rare trip to the UK. Uh, I think you're going to see standouts from Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. Who are both going to have homecomings in London that night. Mm. Um, I'm then going to go NXT UK because it's TakeOver. NXT does not mess up on TakeOvers. Right. It's just proven fact. They're going to have a very big lineup. And then I'm, I'm putting All Out at the bottom only, and this is no disrespect to them at all because all three shows are going to be great. Mm-hmm. Right. right? But we only have so far one announced match that I'm aware of in Adam Page versus... Chris Jericho, right? It hasn't sold me enough yet. Like that's that's gonna be a great match, but it hasn't sold me enough yet to where I'm like I should buy it. Yeah, for sure. Right? right? I I mean, ask me in like, you know, two months. Yeah, and, and I'll, I can I'll, I'll give you a better answer for sure. But I'm going with that order uh, that uh, everything Pro Wrestling put on here. So thanks again for your question, Conrad. You can again follow Everything Pro Wrestling at EPW Show on Twitter. And again, uh, no particular angle is also on BrainBuster Radio uh, at NPA Podcast on Twitter. So definitely follow both here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Mm, for sure. Thank you, guys. Uh, <laughs> Geek Salad Podcast. Uh, they are at Geek Salad Radio on Twitter. They ask So, how long before Shane goes over on Brock to make him the most dangerous heel in the company? Exaggerated face. <laughs> <laughs> Exaggerated emoji face here. <coughs> So Shane McMahon beating Brock Lesnar. Uh, what's the timetable on that one, Stephen? I mean, it could happen any day now. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with next week's Raw. Not yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Not not this Monday. But next week's Raw. They'll, yeah. they'll do Brock Lesnar, Shane McMahon for the Money in the Bank contract spot. And R-Truth will pin both of them <laughs> to retain the 24-7 title. Because that's the logic that that they're using right now. Yeah. No. I'm, I mean, <laughs> the, the funny thing is, this could be a thing. Like, this absolutely could happen. You know, like, dude, it's, it's not even within the realm of doubt. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Uh, R J Krasinski uh, is on Twitter at Krasinski R J. Uh, they ask. Uh, what percentage of WWE fans are moving to watching NJPW New Japan Pro Wrestling religiously mm-hmm. now? Do you think? Um, well, right. that's a, that's an interesting question. I like that one. Really good question. Yeah, I think that more people are now than what they were last year, for sure, and, and much more than that what they were maybe two or three to five years ago before that. Yeah, um, New Japan's picking up steam. I think people are becoming more and more aware. Of other products, mm-hmm. um, and something that uh, Wilf uh, from Wolf Watches has told me, uh, and it makes a lot of sense, is that people are no longer supporting a product that they don't personally support themselves, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what's happening here uh, with uh, with WWE for sure, and why people are restless and looking for other products out there. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's what I would yeah on. it's an interesting question uh, one thing you got to remember though is w- with WWE in particular their percentage uh, or the ratio between hardcore fans and casual fans mm. uh, the the ratio of casual fans or the number of casual fans is much much higher with WWE than pretty much with any other promotion so I, I I do get get it, you know, people moving over to, to New Japan, but that's more so the hardcore fans of wrestling that will be moving to a different product. Whereas the casual fans, the, the people who just, you know, put it on Friday nights just to have it in the background, they're not going anywhere. No. No not. matter, I mean, really almost no matter what WWE does at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Nope, good answer. And, and great question. Even, yeah, for sure. Even better question for sure. Thank you uh, very much, RJ. We really do appreciate it why uh, man podcast is on twitter at why podcast one uh where did the raw tag team titles go are they still a thing this is a real question winky emoji um so a lot to dissect here <laughs> yeah. um where did the raw tag team titles go um i think they got lost at the airport I really, uh, you know, I think that they're in some kind of uh, baggage, like missing luggage claims. I mean, that's the only explanation for it at this point. Probably somewhere in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, are, are they still a thing? I mean, maybe. Uh, perhaps they're being housed in an underground CIA. A departmental office underneath the airport in Colorado Springs. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's more likely than, than <laughs> doing anything with the titles. At yeah, all. <laughs> I think I think you have to have like level eight CIA clearance to get yeah. into the, the 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 department that gives you the raw <coughs> tag team titles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like again, this goes back to what I said last week. I mean, is I mean that's why you brought up. The the War Raider Viking experience Raider War Vikings, War War, right? <laughs> yeah, they were supposed to compete. They were supposed to like dismantle the tag division and and rebuild it and make it stronger. Yep, and, and where the War Raiders Where's, now? Where did they go? Yeah, I don't know. Lots of interesting decisions, <laughs> of course. That's a nice way of putting it. uh Five Star Podcast of Wrestling. Uh, they are at Five Star Podcast Wrestle. Uh, aside from Roman Reigns and Charlotte, who should will be who should slash will be the face of the men's and women's divisions within the next three to five years? Um, should be, would be interesting. Who should be slash will be slash will be? Okay, I see. Um, for the men's, I'm gonna go with Adam Cole. Mm. Uh, for the women's. That one's a lot trickier because, I mean, I could see it being Kyrie Sane. Mm. I could see it being Io Shirai. I could also see it being um, uh, Candice LeRae. Mm. Um, it could be any of them. It could also be Shayna Baszler, for that matter. So, I mean, uh, those would be my picks, but Adam Cole seems like the standout for me right now, especially with him being NXT. Champion, mm-hmm. uh, Tommaso Ciampa is a good shout. Alistair Black would also be a really good shout too. Um, I just think that as time goes on and more of these, you know, the, the more of the main established main roster guys kind of fade out, the more that you're going to see a lot of the guys from NXT from from this time frame now yeah. start to go up and achieve. Yeah, I mean that could even be Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. That could even be. See my, my mind yeah. Im- immediately went to Matt Riddle, immediately. Yeah. Uh the the only problem there is with with his with his gimmick, y- you know. Yeah. They're they never say it, but he's a stoner. But bro, but bro, you know. And so with that kind of gimmick I don't necessarily see him being the face of the company. Right. Um I'll go ahead and throw uh, a few out there uh for the men's division that I think would be fantastic faces for the company. Uh, I'll throw out Finn Balor. I'll throw out Andrade. Uh, Andrade. I'll, I'll throw oh out Alistair Black. Uh, yeah. Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. Uh, all, all of these guys could really, you know, run with it dream. really, really well. Dream, absolutely. Absolutely the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, for the women's division, I'll, honestly, a lot that, that you pointed out, a, a lot of them coming from NXT, uh, you know, Kairi Sane, Io Shirai, um, Candice LeRae. Mm. Honestly, they, they, they really, really like uh, pushing um, MMA talent. So even to a lesser degree, Shayna Baszler. Um, th- there's a lot of really, really solid talent that's on the come up right now. Um, so yeah, you could, there's a lot of different options for sure. I'm, I'm going to solidify Andrade though. Uh, I, I think Andrade is a huge, huge talent. And I really think that he could be a solid face for the company. That's, a, that's a, a, a great answer and, and an even better question. Yes, for sure. Th- thanks to you again, guys, for, for these questions here. We've got a few more. So, We're on a hot uh, streak with, with these questions. You guys are rocking it this week. Seriously. Like, these are some great questions here. Uh, motivated and Confident Mags uh, is on Twitter. Uh, at D-E-J uh, Kirkby. Uh, again, Great show. Uh, Mags is on uh, Badlands podcast mm. on Brainbuster Radio, so definitely check uh, them out as well. Uh, so, uh, Mags this week is asking, "What's the best current finishing move?" Best current finishing move? Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. That's a nice move. Definitely Stormbreaker. That I, I remember. Uh, man, I just every time I see that move. It, it just baffles me, you know. It, it almost looks like it shouldn't be possible. <laughs> yeah. It it's yeah. It's just really great. No, it's it's a great move. Um, I I really do like that. Um, oh, a special shout out to Black Mass. I was actually just about oh, to say. Oh, sorry. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. It's okay. Uh, Black Mass is my favorite because it feels like it can be hit out of. Anywhere at any time for sure, yeah. and Alister Black always makes it look super effective. Yeah, and with his kind of background in kickboxing, I think it's a no-brainer. He uh, it comes off as super legit, mm. and I, I really really like it. I think those are two really good picks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, a special shout to the bro Derek, uh, which is Matt Riddle's uh, new finisher that yeah. he was displaying at Takeover 25. So uh, that's uh, that's one of mine. Oh yeah, <clears throat> uh, got a little bit of a of a wheezy cough here right now. Yeah, guys. I'm a sorry. Bit. It's all right. um, so So, uh, Dropkick's King is on Twitter uh, at Dropkick Lee. They ask, "Will Tetsuya Naito win both titles, and if so, would it overshadow Rainmaker Okada?" Um, I mean, just from almost an outside looking in perspective, just because I don't watch a uh, too much of New Japan, uh, it doesn't look like anyone could overshadow Okada at this point. He's so (laughs) over, it's ridiculous. Yes. Uh, I mean, will Tetsuya Naito win both titles? I don't personally think so. What I would like is for him to ultimately uh, get some stem cells in his knees (laughs) and in his shoulders and for him to take a nice vacation maybe with two or three ladies. Yeah, He... Do whatever he wants. What you got do, do, Do what you got to do. Do yeah. what you got to do, but just take a nice vacation, take some time off, get some rest, recover those those knees, those those shoulders, those joints, and mm-hmm. just relax a little bit, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because that was, I mean, he's already been going through a lot, but that Ibushi match was rough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, would it overshadow Okada if he won both titles? Yes, absolutely. But I would imagine that he would have that he would ultimately get rid of the intercontinental title, like he would free that up, mm-hmm. or be forced to some, something along those lines. Right. Uh, hashtag Get Clotheslined on Twitter. Uh, they are at Clotheslined with two D's. Thanks again for writing in this week, you guys. Uh, Undertaker should Undertaker have retired at WrestleMania 30? Uh, that was when he first uh, had his streak broken by Brock. So, I remember when that when that happened. Uh, I originally had the thought that um, Undertaker should have retired undefeated at WrestleMania. Interesting. He absolutely should have retired undefeated. Um, I, I think that would have solidified him his uh, you know legendary status a little bit more. Uh, also, I freaking hate Brock Lesnar, so he's absolutely not the right guy to break that streak either. Um, So I would even say before WrestleMania 30, personally, but... uh, Dang. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. I think that... And this might be unpopular, but I think he definitely should have retired after... After 33 against Roman Reigns. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I do like that they... I mean, I do and I don't like that they kept bringing him back, because... Undertaker at WrestleMania is just iconic, right? Um, but, even more reason to leave him undefeated. Right, of course. Um, and I really can't argue against Undertaker. Should he have retired at WrestleMania 30? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that should have been it. Yeah, I think that he should have um, you know, uh, walked away from then. But at the same time, I feel like if we didn't have the WrestleMania 33 match, I mean, what was even better... Then the actual match itself was just him taking off the, the the trench coat, taking off the gloves, taking off the hat, and saying goodbye. Yeah, but it wasn't even really right. goodbye. Right. Right. So I, I I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyway, um, good question. Good, yeah, <laughs> great question. It's a it's a real thinker here because you know you have to look back at the last five years of the Undertaker and. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest; it's it's not all sun and rainbows yeah. and happiness. No, I, I yeah, I, I really think you should have stayed undefeated, and you know the whole the whole Brock thing just really soured it. You know, yeah, it really was sad for me too. Yeah, our good friend Mike Charlotte, hey, hey, buddy, uh, he's got a series of questions, uh, so let's dive right into it here. Uh, <laughs> But see, the thing is, if you've listened to to Headlock Talk before, you already know this. If this is your first time listening, our friend Mike Charlotte, again, he's at Mike JC eight two one. He always has some very poignant questions, master of loaded questions, w- with a lot of poison in it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I always look forward. To, I enjoy it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I always look forward to Mike's questions for yeah. sure. Um, Mike asks (laughs) question one why does Vince keep asking guys like Taker to have matches that nobody wants when he has a roster full of great talent he's underutilizing thank you (laughs) you you thank you he basically summed up the first half of our show (laughs) in in one sentence that's so so (laughs) true yeah Uh, I think that um, with with some good planning here all right And I'll meet you halfway here, Mike. I feel like the Undertaker should have one last match. One, one. Hold on. What? Hold on. One last match. You already lost me. Hold on. I'm checking out WrestleMania 36 Mm -hmm. against Alistair Black, and Alistair Black takes the Undertaker's powers. (laughs) I feel. I feel like the Undertaker hands over the urn to Alistair Black after a black mass. And then Alster Black sits down with the urn, and then lightning strikes the urn in the middle of the ring, and then both men are gone from the ring. That's kind of dope. <laughs> yeah, don't you think? No, that that would actually be kind of cool. And then yeah, and then and then I'm, Matt and then Matt me. and then Matt Riddle comes down and retires Brock Lesnar. Oh, man, <laughs> see, it's almost like you 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 peeked into my dreams. It's... And just wrote down what you saw. It's it's not the WrestleMania Tampa Bay deserves, but it's the WrestleMania we all need. <laughs> no disrespect, Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, that would be awesome. Mike also asks, "Why did Brock make the trip to Saudi Arabia just to get hit with a bunch of chair shots, and that's it? Money, yeah, because he likes the money. Yep, yep. I mean, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I like the song. That oh, thanks, there, Stephen. Thanks. I mean, that, that's hundred percent what it is. That's we all know. Brock, he follows the money. That, yeah. like, and he followed the money to Saudi Arabia. That's what <laughs> happened. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine, like, um brock in like a sheik's garb like with like the headset and like the but it like doesn't fit him no yeah like because his head's too big yeah yeah that'd be that'd be have you ever seen that episode this is super long winded sorry have you ever seen that episode of uh, family guy with uh james woods and yeah. they, they trap him like under a box. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they lead him with candy. Yeah. He's yeah. like, ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Yep. That's Brock. Except with like wads of $100 wads of bills. He's like, ooh, cash. Yeah. Ooh, stack of cash. <laughs> I'm going to take this to my farm. Yeah. Ooh, more money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. And then Vince traps him with a contract. <laughs> <He's> like, gotcha. <laughs> oh, man. I, I gotcha this time, Brock. <laughs> It's such good shit such good shit You're gonna love this angle You're not gonna cash in oh, The crowd's gonna go wild And you're gonna make A bunch of money Yeah oh, I like money <laughs> I love how you just made him sound like a meathead <laughs> oh, well, I like money <laughs> It almost sounds like uh, uh, Like idiocracy uh, Simple Jack from uh, From Tropic Thunder yeah. oh, I like money <laughs> Um, last question from Mike here again Uh, Mike is at MikeJC821 on Twitter Uh, do you think AEW will do good enough TV numbers in October to scare Vince into caring about wrestling because he certainly doesn't right now (laughs) (laughs) as evident by the show on Friday uh, with really Andrade versus Demon Fowler being the only really good match Uh, I do agree with the latter part there yeah uh, <laughs> um. Will AEW do good enough TV numbers in October? I really feel like it depends on how how hard TNT pushes it. Yes, it's all about marketing, a hundred percent, and you know, getting the getting the casual fan to to tune into AEW is really going to be the the biggest thing. You know, because there's going to be a lot of hardcore fans that are going to tune into AEW. That, Like, that's that's how it's going to be, uh, especially after the showing with Double or Nothing. It was freaking awesome, if you haven't seen Double or Nothing. And so, it, if the TV shows are anything like that, it's it's going to be really, really great. But the, the thing that's going to make or break AEW is drawing in the casual fan. That's going to be the big, right. big thing. You've already sold the hardcore fans on it. Mm-hmm. It's just all going to be about how you market... Uh, to the casual fans and look if TNT wants to be super super sneaky they'll start putting ads on uh, USA on USA yeah absolutely (laughs) which would would be hilarious no that'd be that would I think be the best course of action (laughs) Uh, so thank you again for your questions Mike and everybody else yeah um we have a final question here. What if uh, this is a non wrestling related question? But I really like this question here. It's from the NGMG Experience on Twitter. They are at the illustrious G40. Uh, they ask: This is not a wrestling question, but I have to know since I'm talking to fellow Texans. Yeah, which we are. Yeah, we are. What's your favorite wood used for smoking barbecue? Ooh. Um, Ooh. So I'm a. Brisket and ribs man myself. Yeah. yeah. So when I do my barbecue smoking in my smoker or on my Weber, because uh, I've got this nice little uh, compartment box that I can put like my coal and wood in. Nice. Um, okay. So I can I can do some like uh, indirect uh, smoking, and um, I like to use oak personally. Mm. Uh, oak adds a nice uh, clean tint to it. Um, there's a lot of people who will swear only by using mesquite mm. mesquite's a little bit too peppery mm. for for me i think it adds too much of its own flavor to the meat mm. uh so i like to use nice oak it's just very good helps the meat come through clean for sure um if it's like poultry then i'm going with some kind of uh, i like to add maybe a little bit of fruity wood to it too like like some good cherry mm-hmm. uh cherry wood is good for yeah that. No, I was, uh, so I was, it's funny that you mentioned the mesquite, because I was going with mesquite. Um, I love pepper. Mm. I love mm. pepper. And mesquite tastes like pepper. One, mm-hmm. Like, it tastes exactly like pepper. Mm-hmm. So smoking with, with mesquite wood is definitely the way to go for me. Um, it just really brings out a lot of the pepper flavor, and I fucking love pepper. Uh, sorry, F word. Oops. Um, eh. but, then, but then also, like you said, uh, something sweeter like cherry wood is also really good. Um, cherry wood is really good if paired with a really sweet barbecue sauce as well I love barbecue sauce uh, so if you smoke something with some cherry wood and give it a really nice uh, like sweet and spicy barbecue sauce you can go for some cherry wood as well yes cherries uh, I, I really do like the cherry uh, I don't know it's all about oak for me man yeah I got I gotta say it, it, I will I will go out of my way to buy oak where you go come down on hickory Hickory's good. Yeah. Um, hickory, overrated. A little bit. Completely overrated. Look, if you're smoking for like jerky purposes, then hickory's pretty good. Yeah. But um, it's just too much. Like there, there. It's a lot. Yes. It's a lot of flavor. <laughs> and and it, it, I don't know. Smoking to me personally is really like, like you said, bringing out a lot of the meat's flavor. Right. You know, and I think hickory adds too much of it. Mm, for sure. So well. I hope that's been insightful to all of you barbecue and non-barbecue enthusiasts. Yeah. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure speaking with y'all again. We really do appreciate you guys tuning in. Always. Uh, always. And thank you again, guys, for all your questions. It's been a whole lot of fun here. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, as well as YouTube. Yep. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at head Lock Talk. Super duper easy. Yep. You know, it's literally head. Lock, talk. Yep. Boom. It is that. And you're there. Mm-hmm. You've got our little yellow insignia. We've got this kick-ass banner it, uh, in the background that uh, uh Sister Tammy mm-hmm. helped design, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're really kind of cool. So follow <laughs> us. Follow Super, us. super humble, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All humble, all yeah. day. Keep it I- at 100. I'd say one of my best uh, out of my many amazing... Uh, aspects uh, of me would be how humble I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it 100, Steven. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you and you'll also tell, as of right now, as of this recording here, ladies and gents, there's a lot of pictures of Vegemite on our page. Yes. Yes, so don't forget to tune in to Headlock Talk every Tuesday on Brain Buster Radio. That's Brain Buster Radio. They are also on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, you can go to their page on, uh, uh, at Brainbuster Radio on, on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Give them a follow. Stay tuned for each and every episode. There's us and eight other great podcast shows uh, coming to you daily. So subscribe to them uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts as well. Uh, but yeah, we're there every Tuesday. And this week, Steven and I were doing some vegemite sampling and I can still taste it right now. It's, fun times. It's, I don't know. <laughs> well, um, so like I said, it's been real. I'm the Texas Gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. And to my right, as always, the one, the only, Mr. Steven Grudy. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And later, y'all. Later.
1: Okay, buddy. Nice and simple this time. <clears throat> In a world of Veltima fungicide, five feet reign supreme. Hey, remember, less dramatic? Five feet. Just... Five feet. Five feet. Nope. Sixty inches. Look, man, just say Veltema fungicide lets you treat corn as early as five feet. Nice. Veltema fungicide from BASF. Coming sooner to a field near you. Always read and follow label directions.